Hi, this is Jenna. And this is Kelly. And you're listening to ODFM. This episode is One Dose from Murder. I keep picking up these historical ones. I don't know why. I must be yeah, historically obsessed right now. But yeah, I think I enjoy how bizarre these people were and how they could get away with everything. That is pretty fascinating. It's I kind will of say amazing. That. I know. And plus, we needed a woman again. Oh, yeah. I feel like we can kick off some women in this season. So yes. this is about yeah. Nanny Doss, who was born as Nancy Hazel. But she went by so, nanny. So she she chose to go by nanny. Yeah, and it wasn't a profession. It was <laughs> no, it was a, a a name. That's a choice. It's different. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she was referred to as the giggling granny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and my, and my reaction is to giggle. Uh, right, like giggling granny. Um, she had more names too: the Lonely Hearts Killer, the Black mm-hmm. Widow, and Lady Bluebeard. <laughs> <laughs> Very few of these are attractive. Lady Bluebeard. (laughs) Bluebeard. I had to look up the Bluebeard one because I was like, where did they get that? So the reason for the Bluebeard moniker is in reference to a French folktale, which tells the story of a wealthy man in the habit of murdering his wives and the attempts of one wife to avoid the fate of her predecessors. The notoriety of the tale is such that Merriam-Webster gives the word Bluebeard the definition of, quote, a man who marries and kills one wife after another. And the verb bluebearding has even appeared as a way to describe the crime of either killing a series of women or seducing and abandoning a series of women. I didn't know bluebearding was a verb. <laughs> I didn't either, but I feel like I need to use it all the time now. You should go bluebeard that family. I don't know, that person. You know how much we're learning by doing this podcast? I know. We now have dynamiting in our vocabulary, bluebearding yeah. in our vocabulary. <laughs> bluebearding. I mean, it's my favorite new thing. I seriously thought it was more like, hey, she got older and she started to get a lot of those chin hairs <laughs> and they had she, like the bluish gray they, hint to yeah. them. Right? She actually looked like Bluebeard. Exactly. <laughs> I see another sticker opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but possibly my favorite of her names was a self-made widow. <laughs> it makes like her sound one. more empowered. Right? Yeah. I am self-made. Yeah, women's power. I'm a self-made widow. (laughs) I thought that one was pretty great. I like how you're drinking actual wine and I'm just drinking water trying to... It's actually water with um, naturally skinny black cherry flavoring. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. I'll pretend it's wine though. Right. No, I have... Yeah, I'm I'm still post-Christmas hangover trying to... (laughs) Trying to recover. <laughs> trying to recover. It's so hard. Stupid Christmas. Oh my God. Okay. I want to hear about this Bluebeard. Yes, about good old Lady Bluebeard. All right. So <laughs> she grew up in Blue Mountain, Alabama. Oh. I know, which is now blue in this episode. There blue. is a lot. It's a it theme happening. I'm blue. Abadi abado. <laughs> Are we allowed to use that? No. <laughs> Do we have permission? My dog's name is Blue. Maybe she'll get in on the Whoa, on the, there's so much blue going on. You want to get in? She's sitting behind me. Maybe she'll She's chime like, in later. Yeah, maybe she'll have something to say. So that part, Blue Mountain, is now part of Anniston, 
Alabama. She was one of five kids. She had one brother and three sisters. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot lot of girls. Yeah, that's a lot of girls. And this was early on. So this was early 1900s. Nanny and her mother both despised her father, James. So they had that in common. Yeah. (laughs) They had a bond. Bonding. (laughs) An article inferred that James may not have been her biological father, as there was evidence she was conceived illegitimately because the year she was born, a census showed she and her mother were living on on their own. So she might have been illegitimate. So maybe James wasn't so nice to her from that. Louisa, her mother, and James were married shortly after she had the baby. So it could have been his. I don't know. She was the oldest then? She was, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was the oldest. So he was abusive and demanding and would force his children to work the farm and other household chores instead of going to school. So they all had a very poor education. And I feel like that may have been becoming less normal at the time. You know, I think that was the norm in the 1800s, but it's now the early 1900s. It might have been a little, yeah. Yeah, it was more important to send them to school. Although for a second there, I was sitting there going, hmm, I kind of like his style. I kind of want to get my kids to do the... Oh God, wouldn't that be nice? Do some dishes or something once in a while. Right, so then they're begging for school. Can I please go to school? Oh, I know, (laughs) so that they would appreciate going to school. Right, exactly. Please, can I sit on my ass and go to school? (laughs) Because I do that. I'm like, can I go to work? I know. Because I can sit down. I can sit it's down for so a while. much easier. It's true. Okay, so her mother, Louisa, was kind and loving to Nanny and her siblings, unlike her father. So Nanny never learned to read well since she was only allowed to attend to school sporadically, obviously. How is she supposed to read, like, the, like, the instructions? Well, I guess they probably didn't have written down The farming instructions. instructions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the almanac. The farmer's almanac. <laughs> yeah, she couldn't read it. <laughs> uh, poor girl. When she was seven years old, she was riding on a train to visit relatives when the train stopped suddenly and Nanny propelled forward and slammed her head on the metal bar on the seat in front of her, which is totally something that would have happened to me because I'd have been turning around talking and then would have been like, "Ah!" and this is why we have seatbelts now. This is why seatbelts are good. So for years after she suffered from severe headaches, blackouts and depression. Holy crap. And she blamed her mental problems and pain on that accident. Damn. I have no excuse, but <laughs> <laughs> I did not have a similar incident. <laughs> it's it's probably a legit reason for her to probably yeah, that, that could seven years old. Your brain's still forming. Yeah, it's still it's still growing. Yeah, poor baby. So during her childhood, her favorite hobby was reading her. She could read, obviously. She wait was, a minute. They said they couldn't read. <laughs> she said she she never learned to read well. Oh, okay. So yeah, she did read, but just not well. She was more into like the Dr. Seuss. Right. <laughs> Let's do pictures. Her favorite hobby, though, was reading her mom's romance magazines. Oh. Yeah. During her childhood. And she dreamed of her own future romances, as many a girl does. Oh, right? my. Yeah. Pre-Disney princess. Yeah. I wonder how smutty those were. That's I know. I know. I wonder, huh. too. Especially for early 1900s. They probably weren't too smutty. Later, she grew a love for reading the Lonely Hearts column, and her teen years were super restrictive, and her father forbade she and her three sisters of wearing makeup or attractive clothing. Silk stockings were seen as sinful by him. And Jeez. <laughs> I know it gets better. And fixed hair or form-fitting dresses he called slutty, so they were not allowed to wear those. Uh, to be honest, I mm-hmm. that's kind of my everyday 
There's no silk stockings. There's no form-fitting <laughs> we clothes. To, we've got sweats. My hair is not styled. But he'd been okay with you. He'd been like, this I is the good child. Like, she is not exactly, a slut. Exactly. <laughs> they were not allowed to go to dances or other social events like church as they were seen as filled hands by their father. And he wasn't happy at the thought of losing them to husbands. Jeez. No. Never have I thought of church as a social event. Right. <laughs> like, never. you are not going to church. You might find right. a husband. Right. And they're arguing, please let us go to church. We just want to see yeah. other human <laughs> beings. <laughs> totally. Please let us see other humans. I just want to see a much, man. Much like how my kids are in, in, in quarantine. True. Please let us see other humans. Please. Yes, please. <laughs> let me out. He claimed when the time came, he'd be the one to choose their husbands. Oh. Isn't that nice? So, oh, how nice. He sounds lovely. It's not like buying him some shoes. I mean, jeez. <laughs> that one is nice and leathery and tanned. <laughs> Let's <laughs> I like that pair. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, the pair. <laughs> that got even better. <laughs> when I thought of what I said. Oh, Yeah. Despite her father's attempts to keep she and her sisters under his thumb and protected in his own way, Nanny was molested by a string of local men before she even reached her teen years. And I'm like, oh, how the hell did that anybody. work? I know. I, went, I wonder if they were other field hands or something or what the hell happened. Yeah. I'm like, how did she even have contact with these people? Like, I know. It's weird. They gave no details on it. So I was like, okay, she oh had been molested. God. But God. Her love for the notion of romance provided her with an escape from her harsh reality, and she dreamed she would someday have her own knight in shining armor sweep her off her feet. I want to tell her it's not like that. No, she sounds like <laughs> Cinderella. <laughs> she does. With a very, with a very different ending. <laughs> yeah, very, very different. She makes her own endings. So, it's your face. Oh. <laughs> Weekend nights, Nanny and her sister would stare longingly at the flickering light of barn parties and dances. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> oh, they would hear the muffled music and laughter and wish to be a part of it all. Ah, oh, the early 1900s. So innocent. <laughs> she, Nanny did occasionally manage to sneak away, and she would meet up with boys in the corners of haylofts. Oh. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Nanny. Nanny. Nanny's getting a reputation. And well, yeah, she's like got her. all those loose, mm. loose-fitting clothes. Yeah, yeah. It is hot, and no those moo-moos. No <laughs> oh, no stockings. That's true. Good point. She had dark eyes and hair and a sweet giggle, and she was considered easy. So, yeah, she was... <laughs> you just... Joke. She was considered. <laughs> I told you those loose fitting clothes. <laughs> I know, but yeah, at this point, I was kind of like, yeah, I kind of want to make a statement about not fair for girls. Like, I hate that girls are being shamed for being sexual, and boys are praised for the same behavior, and it's not fair. Totally, girls could have right. the same freaking emotions and, and right. hormones. It takes and, two to do those kinds of yeah. things, so yeah. you know. And that they claim she was easy. I that that kind of got my goat. She was but, easy. They yeah. sound. They seem pretty easy to me uh -huh. too. <laughs> Exactly. They're all easy How to shut up. How tight were their clothes? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you were too skinny of right? pantaloons. Maybe if they had some silk stockings on. Yeah. <laughs> they should stop being so slutty. Right. All right. But I digress. 
So Nanny did believe that as she came home pregnant, she might be able to escape her dictator of a father. So there was kind so of an underlying there was a plan. Mm-hmm, yeah, a she had a bit. plan. She kind of did. But in 1921, at the age of 16, Nanny escaped the farm and went to work at the Linen Thread Company in nearby Anniston, where she met Charlie Braggs. Ooh. Yes. Charlie was very attentive of Nanny. He was tall and handsome with curly hair, and he doted on her. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Yeah, sounds perfect. Take it. Nanny's father actually approved of the gainfully employed Charlie, shockingly. He was the only son of an unmarried mother who insisted she lived with them when they get married. Oh, um. (laughs) I'd have been like, oh, there's a red flag. uh, Yeah. yeah, You know, how much money does he make? Because I feel like. Yeah. I know. (laughs) There's got to be some sort of something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to have to have you uh, sweeten the deal a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sweetening the deal. That's the word. Oof. Charlie's mother took up a lot of his time and attention and she wouldn't allow Nanny to do what she herself wanted to do. Like I read something like if they wanted to go to the movies, Charlie's mother would feign illness so that they wouldn't go. They'd have to stay home. So. Okay. See, like I was picturing there's a I've seen commercials for like a new show. I think it's like on TLC or something where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with a mama's boy. Oh God. Have you, you I don't know if you've seen any of those, but like, they're like, uh, (laughs) the three of them all go for like Manny Petties, like the mom, the son Mm -hmm. and the wife or girlfriend, or they've gone, there was ones where like, they were like shopping and like what was it like she was like the mom was holding up something for him to buy the wife from like a Victoria's Secrets type place and uh, she's there too like uh, she's like don't you think she'd look good in this and she's like oh my god I am right here. Uh, yeah so that's what I'm picturing when you're like you know the mom yeah. took over some of the duties she'd like to have yeah like they're sitting there like watching tv and the mom's giving the son a shoulder rub and I'm ew, just like ew. so when you said that that's where ew. my brain went I was like boundaries ew. yeah boundaries ew. are good yeah no Okay, so she feigned sick when they like wanted to go to the movies. Okay, that's yeah, a much better like scenario. That. Yeah, but any time that Nanny wanted to go do something, she kind of did that. So it was like they were that stuck at home sucks. all over again, like her own dad. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> all I want to do is leave my house. Just want to go to a barn party. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ask for much. No, just a, a barn dance. Jesus. <laughs> The couple had had uh, four daughters in four years. So, she oh. was, yeah, she was obviously stressed <laughs> and overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I'm stressed and overwhelmed just thinking about it. I know. Four in four years. Good God. So Nanny turned to the bottle and became a heavy smoker. Yeah, trying to deal. The marriage was strained and unhappy and the two suspected one another correctly of infidelity. They both- correctly? <laughs> they suspected <laughs> they both- correctly. Correctly. With good You're both reason. Right. <laughs> You are both right. When did she have time for infidelity with four kids? I know. Maybe because mom or grandma was home. Oh, grandma. Oh, so that's kind of nice. So, yeah, there is a little give back there, I guess. Yeah, okay. Charlie would disappear for days on end, and between her pregnancies, Nanny would spend time at the gin mills with drunken men pawing (laughs) over her. Gin mills? (laughs) Hanging at the gin mills? (laughs) Hanging at the gin mill. Yeah, so she had plenty of attention. Which she apparently liked because it made her feel still attractive, which we all like to feel more attractive. Yeah. It's easy to feel attractive at the gin mill when everybody's (laughs) bombed. (laughs) And you're the only woman. 
<sighs> Shit, if I had thought about that when I was having right. days, I should have gone and hung out at the gin mills. At the gin mills. <laughs> I didn't even think of I that. Just, I just need to boost my self-esteem a little bit. I'm going to go hang out at the gin mill for a couple hours. Right. And I'm not sure if I have to go research where there are some. Yeah. Hmm. I should have that in my back pocket just in case. <laughs> just in case. The black book of gin mills. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> ah, in early 1927, the couple's two middle daughters died suddenly, just a few no. months apart. But no explanation could be found. Oh. Each had been fine when Charlie left for work, but they died of convulsion shortly after eating breakfast. And this was two separate times within a couple of months of each other. That's rather suspicious. Yeah, local medics called their deaths accidental, but Charlie claimed he had seen something cold in Nanny's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You can, how do you use that? <laughs> I know. I saw something cold in her eyes. She did it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The couple received small insurance payments for the loss of the girls, and Charlie began to grow more suspicious of Nanny once those payments came in, because I don't think he even knew she had policies on them. Oh, yeah, one afternoon, he took the oldest living girl and left, leaving Nanny behind with her infant daughter named Florine. Isn't that a, it's like chlorine. Yeah, I was thinking like, it was, it's like a cross between fluoride and chlorine. It's a very, <laughs> well, you know, she's stuck at home. She's getting all her name ideas from cleaning products and whatnot. <laughs> True. So I, I do feel <laughs> like it's an actual element or something because I've heard of it before. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Swear. She's like, I don't know what we're going to name this kid. <laughs> Mr. Clean? No. Checking out the toothpaste. She's Crest. scrubbing the tub. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Green. Lemon shine. Pretty. Wait, no. Lemon shine. <laughs> Pine saw. That has a nice ring to it. <laughs> oh, God. According to a family historian, Named Sherby Green, Charlie had actually gone on record to say that he was scared of Nanny, as was the rest of the family. He claimed he never drank or ate anything that she made when she was in a foul mood. Shit! (laughs) And Charlie's own mother died while he was gone, and it was claimed to be a natural death. Yeah, that I'm not surprised about at all. I figured no, she was she's like, the first to go. And you're done. <laughs> and goodbye. You're going to just leave me here with her? Okay. <laughs> okay. You know what happens when she eats my breakfast. Right. But then, you know, then she got rid of her babysitter. So she's like, well, I'm going to have to get rid of some of these kids. There's just yeah. too many kids around. There's just too many kids around. What am I going to do? I should have thought about that before I got rid of the sitter. <laughs> Oh, not knowing if he would return, Nanny took a job at the nearest cotton mill to support herself in flooring. See, she should have done gin. She knows a lot about gin. I know. She knows so much about gin. And she could have had some while she's working. But yeah. All right. She went cotton. Okay. Yeah. And then she moved it back in with her parents, which. Oh, God. Yeah. Does not sound fun. Her mother watched her grandbaby while Nanny worked and escaped the demands of home life Mm. for fun Mm -hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I sometimes go to work to escape the fun of home life. <laughs> oh, God. Don't we all? I, I remember when the kids were little, I just was like, God, I wish I had a job. But if I had gotten a job, it would have cost more. I would have. Right. It would cost more to pay someone. to. Yeah, totally. Oh, ridiculous. America. Okay. So Charlie <laughs> returned a year later with their daughter, who was named Melvina. Good God. It's <laughs> <laughs> not terrible. Oh, <laughs> Oh, why did they hate her? Baby Melvina. (laughs) Why are they so mean? Oh. 
So he returned with Melvina and a new girlfriend and her own child. Oh. So, and they hadn't even divorced yet. But they soon divorced right after that. Yeah, that's pretty much the nail in the coffin there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got a girlfriend. I guess I'm going. Nanny soothed her loneliness by reading romance novels and poring over the Lonely Hearts column she'd adored earlier in life. Yeah, she often wrote to the men advertising there. And one particular entry piqued her interest. It was written by Frank Harrelson, a 23-year-old factory worker from Jacksonville. I'm assuming Florida, but maybe there's a Jacksonville, Alabama. I don't know. He sent her romantic letters peppered with poetry, and she sent him a cake. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. I mean. And how does one send a cake back at that time? I know. I wondered that, too. You would think. I mean, with the mail it is today, you can't uh, you can't send things that are going to get smushed. Right. You can't do that. I mean, and it would spoil. I mean, I'm just trying yeah. to, I mean, yeah. I'm sure I they didn't have like FedEx overnight. So yeah. I don't know how they did that. <laughs> like, uh, we've got a thing called like Kangaroo Express here. You know, you hire him to, oh, maybe it was like a um, bike messenger and he rode all the way to Jacksonville. <laughs> then I hope it wasn't Florida because damn. <laughs> And I hope it wasn't buttercream. Oh, because be double damn. <laughs> so, so he gets the cake and he's like, oh, great. It's muddy. <laughs> it smells. It's, that was nice. Yeah. The thought was there. The thought was there. Thanks. <laughs> he apparently liked it because he hopped in his car to come see her and he fell in love oh. with her instantly. So maybe it was just a bike messenger. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> got it. That got there in time. They married in 1929. Oh, maybe, you know, maybe it was a fruitcake. Those don't go bad. Like ever. Like ever. Maybe it was a Twinkie. <laughs> it was just, it was those original Twinkies. It was <laughs> no, so filled with preservatives. Yes. Right. We could still have it today and we'd be Yeah. Fine. It'd be the same thing. Oh my God. Just as fresh and moist. <laughs> Did you just say moist? Moist. <laughs> Everyone's favorite word. Ah, they married in 1929 and they moved to Jacksonville where they were joined by Melvina and Florine. So. Oh. Yeah, Melvina decided to live with her. And after a few months of wedded bliss, Nanny was disappointed to find her romantic new husband was also a fervent alcoholic who also had a criminal record for assault. Oh! Yeah, sometimes you want to check him out for a while first. <sighs> try him yeah, on for size. Just, you can't just make a cake for any guy you see. You gotta... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Despite this, the marriage lasted 16 years. Whoa! With Nanny putting up with her violent husband, apparently. He'd yell at her and her kids, was arrested often, but still Nanny stayed. So you can't call her disloyal, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty surprised. Yeah. During this time, Nanny's daughters grew to adulthood, and her oldest daughter, Melvina, gave birth to a son named Robert Lee Haynes. Thank God it wasn't something... Roberta for but for a guy or for, something yeah. like that. Like, I'm trying to think of you know, Melvina. How do you get Melvin? <laughs> you were named after your mom? Yeah, but my name's actually still better. <laughs> <laughs> it's still better. So she gave birth to him in nineteen forty three, and in nineteen forty five she went into labor with her second child. The pregnancy was super rough on Melvina, who was racked with pain this time around, like something was wrong. She begged for her mother to and her husband, Mosey, was his name. <laughs> like Mosey on along? Like, <laughs> yeah, like Mosey down the road. So Mosey went and fetched Nanny to help. 
go get my mom. Oh, because like they weren't at the hospital. No, they were at the hospital. But she oh. she decided she wanted her mom there because she was having such okay. a hard time with it. Nanny played the part of the doting mother and grandmother, having mosey fetch wet towels, glasses of water, and she kept staff busy with requests. Okay. Eventually, Melvina gave birth to a baby girl. But within the hour, the baby would be dead. Oh. I know. And this is where I thought we should take a, a break before discussing the details of Melvina's baby. Oh, dear. I know. Okay. First, oh, she has a horrible yeah. name. I know. I know. She already has, like, the odds stacked against her there with the name. Yeah. You know? Mel's not Melville. too bad. Melville. <laughs> no. Yeah. Melly. She could have gone by Melly. Melly's not too maybe. bad. Melly's kind of Melly's cute. not horrible. Yeah. Smelly Melly. Oh. <laughs> well, that's bad. <laughs> that is bad. That's not You good. know kids would do that. Totally. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Now that we're back, let's learn a little about the death of Melvina's baby. Because that should be fun. Yeah. Details are a little sketchy, but Mosey, Melvina's husband, had fallen asleep on the chair in Melvina's hospital room. Melvina was in kind of a fugue from the ether the hospital staff had given her. So this was before any of the epidurals and all that fun yeah, stuff. Right. So ether. So she's kind of out of it. Not quite there. Not sure if she's really awake or not. So at one point, she she claims she glanced over at her mother, Nanny, who was holding the newborn. Oh, Melvina. So she's unsure if it's a dream or reality. So she, but she thought she saw her mother stick a hat pin into the baby's head through the ear. <gasps> Holy yeah. crap. But doctors couldn't determine the reason for the child's death. And Melvina waited to say anything until a few days later. Because she was still kind of foggy and not sure what was yeah, going on. Yeah, did that on. really happen? Yeah. So a few days later, she told her husband and her younger sister, Florine, about it. And the two were shaken because they had seen Nanny earlier in the day toying with a hat pin. <gasps> oh, God. I know. Oh, my God. Just six months later, Melvina went to go stay with her father, Charlie, after she had an argument with her husband, Mosey. You know, she just needed to get away. She right. left her son, Robert, in Nanny's care. That's a bad idea. Yep. It was a mistake. Robert died of what doctors diagnosed as asphyxia from unknown causes. Oh, boy. Nanny played the grieving grandmother, wailing and fainting at his graveside. Ugh. But several months later, she collected $500 in life insurance that she had taken out on him. But there wouldn't have been any life insurance on the brand new baby, right? Right. I was that know. just like, a, hey, I wonder what would happen? I know. Like a sick, twisted. Sick. Like, I don't want another mouth to feed or have to take care right. of. Well, ugh, gross. Oh, my God. This woman. So it was 1945 at this point, and World War II was just ending. The nation was celebrating the win, and Alabama was no exception. Bama! <laughs> Nanny's husband, Frank, went out to the bar to welcome home some veteran friends from overseas. And when he got back home after partying, he was still feeling jaunty, and he wanted Jaunty? <laughs> he was feeling jaunty? He was feeling jaunty, and he wanted some sex. Ooh, okay. Nanny refused. And he slammed his fist into the wall, telling her if she didn't, he'd be gone the next week. She obliged because she didn't want another broken jaw. She, another? Yeah, another. Oh boy. The next day, while tending to her beloved rose bushes, she found a jar of her husband's moonshine hidden in the flower bed. I guess that's where he liked to keep him. I don't know. Okay. Or he had dropped one. <laughs> she, <laughs> she took the jar to her storeroom and topped it off with rat poison. 
Yeah, that evening, Frank was racked with excruciating pain, and at the age of 38, he passed on. Dang! Mm-hmm. She was like, I am done with you. You raped me, yeah. you are done. So oh I kind of kind of get that, but, you know, might not need to go to full killer mode, but... Yeah, right? You could you could leave. Mm-hmm. You could right? leave. You could. But then there's no insurance. Mm. I'm sure there was insurance, Good point. Right? There had to be insurance. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read anything about that, but I'm, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure there yeah. was. I'm sure you're right. So Nanny once again turned to the Lonely Hearts column to find love because it's it's been working. Why not? Because it's worked so well for her before. <laughs> I keep finding all these wonderful men. And here she met Arlie Lanning while traveling in Lexington, North Carolina through that column and married him just three days later. You would think. Again, you should do some background checking first. Yes. You would think, you know, after the previous ones, like, let's check these guys out for a while. But no, she felt like, oh, this is the one again. I'm starting to question her, uh, her taste, her judgments, her. Yep. And (laughs) like. Decision making skills. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think maybe her childhood and other things have. uh, Right. Yeah. Okay. Ruined her. Her thought process. But like Frank before him, Arlie was an alcoholic. Shocker. She has an MO she's, she goes Dude, for. Can, can't you just at least ask the question first? Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you, do you drink like a lot? Do, <laughs> do you drink too I much? Mean, I mean, at least. Is it too hard to just ask no, that? No, just ask. Are you an alcoholic? Uh, but in this marriage, it was Nanny who often disappeared, sometimes for months at a time. Dang. I know. When she was home, she acted the doting housewife. Arlie wasn't brutal with her like Frank had been, and she implied her frequent disappearances were because of his drinking binges. So he always thought it was his own fault. Like, oh, I drank again. She had to leave. So she took off for a while. Uh So, yeah, when she would return home, he would claim to be committed to drying up, which would never happen for long. Right. Of course. Of course. In Lexington, Nanny attended church, and she'd become friends with many of the churchgoers and the minister's family even. And during his sober times, Arlie would accompany his wife. <laughs> Arlie was known as a womanizer and a drunk, and the churchgoers were quite aware of it. Jeez. And behind their backs, Arlie was seen as a villain and Nanny as a martyr for putting up with him. Little did they. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. In 1950, Arlie suddenly died and the cause was assumed to be heart failure. He wasn't given an autopsy because he was an avid drinker and a bad flu was circulating. The flu had been sweeping the state, affecting some worse than others, and Arlie certainly had the right symptoms. He had sweating, vomiting, and dizziness. And so, you know, it sounded like the flu. You know, flu, rat poison, (laughs) arsenic, whatever. It's all good. All the same symptoms. But the town turned out in droves to support Nanny at the funeral, as they knew her by then. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was just this lovely wallflower martyr of a woman. Yeah. And poor thing. People just die around her. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. She said this. He just sat down one morning to drink a cup of coffee and eat a bowl of prunes. I especially prepared for him. (laughs) I bet you did. (laughs) (laughs) She admitted this to her neighbors gathered around his coffin. Up until then, why, let me tell you, he looked in fine shape. Then, well, two days later, dead. I nursed him. Believe me, I nursed him, but I failed. That's what she said. I'm loving the accent. (laughs) She's a sweet Southern lady. Right, she is. (laughs) Yeah. So eight weeks after Arlie's passing, the house Nanny and Arlie had lived in burned to its foundation. What the, what is happening? (laughs) What is happening here? I know. 
this was actually quite lucky for Nanny because had the house. (laughs) I'm sure it was. It was. Because had the house not burned, Arlie's will granted the house to his sister. Huh. Interesting. I know. And in another stroke of luck, Nanny had. (laughs) Stroke of luck. Nanny had just left the house before the fire with her favorite item, her TV, tucked away in her Ford. <laughs> not her grandkid. <laughs> no. Not like a, a family album no. or heirloom. Her no, TV. Her TV. You know, she was, she was a little addicted. <laughs> Nanny was given an insurance check for the house while she lived with Arlie's mother. So she moved in with Arlie's mother. Oh, God, she still has a mother-in-law. <laughs> <sighs> I know. She's got so many mothers in, mothers-in-law. She quickly cashed the check and left North Carolina, but only after Arlie's mother died strangely in her sleep. (laughs) What a stroke of luck again. (laughs) She is so lucky. Don't have to worry about her. (laughs) Uh, So Nanny ended up in her sister Dovey's home. Dovey. There's another one. Dovey? (laughs) (laughs) What is with these people in their names? I don't know. Ugh. So Dovey was bedridden, and soon after Nanny's arrival, she died in her sleep. Wow, what an <laughs> odd stroke of luck that she didn't have to care for her bedridden yeah. sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, but Nanny, always on the prowl for more romance, joined a dating service called the Diamond Circle Club. They had dating services? <laughs> I mean, I obviously did. not via phone, but... No, <laughs> right? I don't know. This is the 1950s now. I know. I'm trying to figure out how a dating service... Like that would work. It's interesting. Okay. So while Nanny's shape had taken on some fluff at 47, (laughs) same, (laughs) I chose to to word it that way because (laughs) taken on some fluff. (laughs) I too am a little fluffy, so I get it. You know my love of Winnie the Pooh, and all I keep thinking about is how he's tubby little cubby, all stuffed with fluff. That's all I'm picturing. That's totally true. He's just fluffy. I know. Like my kids always call my cat Django fat. And I'm like, he's so not fat. He's fluffy. He's fluffy. Stop it. He's just fluffy. He's so cute. He's got a little extra fluff in the trunk. (laughs) (laughs) Might be on his belly, but other, you know, whatever. Right. Well, that's where a cat's trunk is. So yeah, see, it's true. (laughs) I call it. So on their, on their belly, you know, they have that hanging belly. Cats do. It's called a primordial pouch. And it's so they can, like, jump really high and do all their, like, turns and stuff in the air. Yeah. So I'm like, they oh. just need it. So that's what I have. So I can do my twists. Uh, oh, yeah. So I could do, like, acrobatics and shit. That's what my primordial pouch is <laughs> for. Yes. Duh. God. So much better than FUPA. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that much better. <laughs> it's just oh, my yes. primordial pouch. Yes. Excuse is. me. Do you have something in my size maybe that <laughs> would, you know, <laughs> you know, detract from my primordial pouch? <laughs> They'd be all confused. What? <laughs> right? All right, people. Primordial pouches are, are a thing. So, yeah, she'd taken on some fluff at 47 and her hair had begun to gray, but she still had her girlish giggle and she knew how to entice men. With her yeah. giggle? With her giggle. That's one hell of a giggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I kind of need to hear it, but I haven't come across any sound bites. <sighs> Through the Diamond Club, Nanny met 69-year-old Richard Morton of Emporia, Ooh. Kansas. Yeah. Oh, she's going older now. She's going older. So they wed in 1952, and she moved into his Kansas home. So she's kind of moving into the Midwest mm-hmm. now. Okay. 
Richard was half Native American, tall, dark, and handsome, just like all the men in her romance novels. So, And he loved buying her things, and he didn't seem to worry about the cost. So it kind of seems like a a great catch. Please tell me he's not an alcoholic. I was just going to say, he didn't have the same drinking inclinations as the men before him. Oh, thank God. Yes, but (laughs) he was a womanizer. Oh, God. (laughs) She has a type, I swear. In reality, Richard was in deep debt. And every item he bought Nanny, he also bought the same one for another woman he had somewhere else. Nanny soon caught on to his games, and she realized she had made a big mistake in marrying a phony, but Richard didn't realize he was the one who had made the bigger mistake in marrying a killer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just two months after marrying Richard, Nanny was back to answering other gentlemen's ads from the Love Lawrence columns. Two months. They're still married, but she's still answering... Uh, columns in the Kansas papers. So she'd run and grab the mail every day from the mailbox and sneak them off to the bathroom to read them before Richard could get to it. Her admirers thought she was a widow, which I guess she was several times over. Uh, Technically, she was. Just not at this particular (laughs) moment with this particular marriage. Right. I mean, Uh, you know, semantics. Semantics. But they they thought she was a widow, and they offered to sweep her away from her troubles with promises of bliss, which you would would think she'd just give up after a while. Like, it's not happening, Nanny. Good God, girl. Give up and and just be proud to be yourself, honey. Right. You know. But at this point, word reached Nanny that her father had died, and her mother, her name was Louise, but she went by Lou. She was coming to stay with her and Richard. Oh, goody. I know. (laughs) God, Lou. Another mother is coming to live with me. Yes, so within days of arriving, her mother, Lou, complained of severe stomach pains and died shortly after. Someone, does she at least have a reputation for being a bad cook then? And you would like to black people. Do not eat her meals whenever she cooks. Just don't. <laughs> Only three months later, Richard died in May of 1953. Wow. He drank a full thermos of coffee that Nanny had spiked with arsenic. Mm, well, that'll do Annie. it. It'll do it. You know, rat poison tastes almondy. I assume. I I don't know. Arsenic. What doesn't? Don't they say like almondy? if they open open a arsenic victim up, it smells like almonds? Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to look that one mm. up. That's interesting. It was probably just some mm. fake movie I saw, but it so he's good. just like it's like hazelnut creamer. It's all good. It's, <laughs> it's really tasty. Mm. It's I made it special for you. Yeah. A mere one month later, Nanny married Samuel Doss of oh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. On. I know, Jesus come Christ. On. You need to stop. <laughs> Samuel was a Nazarene minister who had lost his family in a tornado. He wasn't oh, that's a drunk. not one you hear all the time. Right, right. He wasn't yeah. a drunk. He wasn't a womanizer. So maybe this time she'd found her Prince Charming. So why does she, why does she even like him? Like he's, I know. <laughs> he doesn't check any of the boxes. Why is he so right? Why? <laughs> but. Nanny did still find fault with him. Of, of course. course she did. He forbade magazines and television. Ugh, that, those are her yeah, loves. Those are her loves. Unless they were enlightening or educational. And she's like, no, all That's I want is romance. That's not what I watch at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nanny even left him for a short while in protest that she couldn't have her TV and stuff until he put her on his bank account and took out two life insurance policies, naming her as the beneficiary. <laughs> and then she's like, well, okay, then. Well, I guess I'll come back. I, That's so kind of you. Fine. <laughs> what a lovely gesture. <laughs> I'm guessing it was her suggestion. Uh-huh. 
Her first attempt to kill Samuel was with an arsenic-laced prune cake, which put him in the hospital <laughs> for a month. Which sounds lovely. It sounds disgusting. <laughs> like, damn. Is that what's supposed to entice him? A prune yeah. cake? <laughs> You're going to have the shits for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to clean you out because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little cleanse, honey. Ah, so he was in the hospital for a month. Well, maybe, maybe he shit out all the car, the, oh, the arsenic. Good point. It flush, see, it flushed his system. You can't put it in the prunes because mm-hmm. nope. he just cleared it from his yeah, own system. Yeah, it was like, whew. That was a bad plan. Yeah. Right, exactly. That actually <laughs> saved his life. <laughs> uh, when he returned home, she used her arsenic and coffee method and Samuel soon died after. Oh, there you go. See, yep. you tried and true arsenic in the coffee. Yep. May as well just Works do the every one time. that worked. Yeah. <laughs> But this murder would prove to be her downfall. Oh. The doctor who had treated Samuel in the hospital suspected foul play. He convinced Nanny to allow an autopsy by telling her it would save lives in the future if he could find what disease had actually killed Samuel. But she knew there wasn't a disease. So why did she say yes? I don't know. Dumbass. Or was he just tipped off by the fact that he was like, nobody in their right mind makes somebody a prune cake? (laughs) Probably what it was. Ew, that's disgusting. She must have tried to kill you. Exactly. He found enough arsenic in Samuel's body to kill a horse, and he <laughs> alerted the police. This has a really strong almond flavor than this coffee. <laughs> this is very this almondy. Is something. Mm. So here's where we'll take another break and find out what happened to Nanny. Yes. That, oh, that's popped. a good idea. a small business or make cool and unusual handcrafted items we love artists and small business owners and we would be stoked to help get the word out about yours consider advertising with us through this podcast it's super affordable and our podcast reaches every corner of the u.s even worldwide to find out more visit otfmpodcast.com and click on that advertise with us link let's get your creativity into the hands of people who would love it Hold on. So just in the Google, like, you know, like where yeah. it fills in, arsenic smells like licorice. Arsenic oh. smells like garlic when heated. Arsenic Ooh. smells like bitter almonds. Well, which oh, is it? The bitter almonds is the one I had always heard. Interesting. People exposed to toxic levels of arsenic may have breath and urine that smells like garlic as Ew. a clue to their diagnosis. Why do cyanide and arsenic smell like almonds oh. and garlic? Well, let's see. Maybe it was cyanide that I was thinking of. Yeah, let's see. According to the CDC, bitter almonds contain cyanide, uh, oh, which gives them the characteristic odor. But this also is due to something else that I can't say, which is, by the way, used as a almond flavor for cooking. Okay. Oh. Yeah. However, poisoning by toxins such as arsenic, thallium, organophosphate, pesticides, selenium, and oh. blah, 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 blah. Hold on. Followed by the addition of something to them by normal intestine. Okay, so having any of those and then your intestinal bacteria, when they Ooh, get together, they it gives a garlic-like odor. Ooh. Interesting. So now we are back. After several weeks of investigations, Oklahoma police had enough evidence to arrest Nanny for Samuel's murder. In the beginning, she denied everything, giggling constantly during the questioning. Because <laughs> it's funny when you're accused of murder. <laughs> I'm picturing Betty Boop now. (laughs) Oh my God, totally. 
She even wore out teams of investigators refusing to give up anything, continuing with her jovial demeanor. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was like overnight and they kept putting new teams on her and she just giggled through it. And Dang. Newspapers and wire services picked up on the story and it spread like wildfire that she was being questioned. The Oklahoma police began getting calls, pouring in with information of the deaths that seemed to follow Nanny wherever she went. Interesting. Mm. Back in that time, it wasn't as easy to connect murders across states and areas. But oh, so because it had gotten out in the newspapers, all these people are like, oh, wait a minute. That happened here, too. So sometime in the next seven hours, Nanny's cool composure finally faltered and she admitted to poisoning Samuel. She claimed that he had begun to annoy her with his strict rules and because he wouldn't let her have a TV, radio or even a fan in the house. I guess I'm not was, a fan. <laughs> he was so, one of the fan. I don't like fresh air. I don't <laughs> get that out of here. <laughs> I guess he was so cheap, like he he wouldn't let her use any electronics. They couldn't even turn on a fan unless it got so Jeez. hot that they were like passing out. So oh my God. he sounds lovely in that way. I don't know. I'd be pretty annoyed, too. So yeah. I, I got to give her that part, at least. Like, I'd be like, damn it, I'm hot. and I'm putting on a fan and I'm going to watch my smutty TV. <laughs> so shut up. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So she said he had gotten on her nerves so badly that she'd put an inch of rat poison in his coffee one time. But she said that it was such an overdose that it caused him to vomit violently, saving his life initially. And then the second time, he yeah. pooped it all out. Then, so. <laughs> yeah, she told him, yes. And then she told how she had to poison him again after his stay in the hospital because that didn't work. Wow. So she actually tried three times and he made it through two of made them. Made it, yeah. That's impressive. That's impressive. For him, not for her. But it's right. impressive no. for him that he... Okay. Uh, you'd think she'd give up, but... She refused to admit to any further killings, and Special oh. Agent Ray Page told Nanny that they found out that Sam was her fourth husband to die of similar symptoms. He told her to tell them about the others, and Nanny's response was, If I do, will you give me back my romantic hearts? Which is a novel. <laughs> she wanted her so freaking at her novel. All I want is my smut. All I want is my smutty reads, please. <laughs> The agent agreed, and Nanny then told them about Richard, Arlie, and Frank. And she said... She did not! She did. She's like, all I want is my smut. Give me my <laughs> smut. She said, quote, if their ghosts are in this room, they're either drunk or sleeping. <laughs> she's... Oh, she's something else. <laughs> yeah, she didn't have too much uh, conscious about that, I guess. Oh, my God. The morning after the confessions, de detectives fanned out to Kansas, North Carolina, and Alabama to exhume Nanny's previous husbands, her mother, her sister, Arlie's mother, and her grandson. Good God. <laughs> Arsenic were heavy in every one of her dead spouses and in her mother. Bodies of the other family members didn't have toxic substances, but showed they had died of asphyxia, so it's suspected she smothered them in their sleep. Wow. After four psychiatrists diagnosed her as sane, Nanny stood trial. Oh, God. All the photos. There's tons of photos of her just like so thrilled with all the attention and just smiling. She's smiling oh, granny. Oh, my God. Yeah, so happy. Ugh, there was a ton of trial stuff, but it was really boring. So I kind of skipped over a okay. bunch of it. How but old was she at this time about? Good question. She had to be in her... 50s, I would think at this That's point. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It was like in her Maybe 50s, early right? 50s, yeah. She still had a lot of life left she in her. She did. She could have taken out more people. I mean, had damn. so many more lonely hearts. 
<laughs> she stood trial and she pleaded guilty. Oh, she did. She did. The judge gave her a life in prison, avoiding giving her the death sentence because she was a woman. Oh, well, that's also not fair. No, she did die of leukemia in prison in 1965. So she didn't last all that much longer after that. But No, but she had plenty of time to sit in a cell and read her smut. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I bet she had a TV in there, too. I bet she did. And we probably paid for her to have all that. And that is the story of Nanny. Oh, my gosh. I know. She was a mess. She, she just was, was looking, looking for love. With her giggles. With her giggles and her blue her, beard. And her blue beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nanny. That she was a good so one. so lonely. Do my sources. Yes, you should do your sources. All right. Sources for this episode are Wikipedia, TulsaWorld.com, EncyclopediaOfAlabama.org, Murderpedia, and an article called Nanny Doss, Lonely Hearts Lady Loved Her Men to Death by Joseph Garinger. <laughs> That's a great title. <laughs> Isn't it? She loved her men to death. She loved her men to death. I love it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Thank us. Thank you for listening. We are, uh, we are in the middle of season three, so oh you keep listening so we keep making more. <laughs> yes, and share with your friends, please. Yes, let your friends know. And uh, please, if you would like to support us in making more of these, subscribe to us on Patreon. Buy a cup of coffee. Yep. Right. Buy me, buy me a coffee. Buy a cup. Why do I want to put the cup in there? <laughs> you only want cup? one. You're Every you're not being greedy. Time. I just don't want them to pour it in my hands. I want a cup. I <laughs> yeah, want some kind can, of a drinking can, vessel. Can I buy me a vessel.com? <laughs> buy me buy me a coffee.com. Do buy me a coffee.com. And they could also Cannot. even support us do like one-time donations or whatever through Anchor yes. too. Yes, absolutely. Anything to support us would be great because we're doing this all on our own. Yeah. Um, but, but we're having fun doing it. We love it. It's the and best we're thing glad ever. that you all are enjoying it. So Thank God for you guys. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Take care. To see images from this story, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ODFM Podcast or on our website at odfmpodcast.com, where you'll also find a link to our merch store, where you can get awesome stuff like t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. And if the weekly podcast just isn't enough to fill your ODFM cup full, join our fan club on Patreon for more content like minisodes, bloopers, and discounts at our merch store. That site is patreon.com slash odfmpodcast. And if you do love our bloopers and need more than we naturally do, which is a lot, buy us a glass of wine at buymeacoffee.com slash ODFM podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM, hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true comments and opinions are not. We apologize if any of our content is harmful or disrespectful. 